Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Imagine a situation where you feel like you're doing all the work. You're, you're putting in all the effort to uh, meet your spouse, to serve them, to love them, but you never get any recognition. After a while, you might start to think, well, what about me? I'm getting tired of this. In fact, I talked to somebody who said, 20 years I've been a good Christian husband, and it's not gotten me anywhere, so it's time for me to start thinking about me. Well, I'm John Fuller, and uh, I'm along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage department here at Focus on the Family. You two are looking at each other right now. So, Aaron, what about me? What, what's, well, what about me? Yeah. It's interesting because it, there was something going on in our relationship that I didn't— it bothered me, and it bothered me more recently because our seasons have changed, and I'm working a little bit more. As I see couples, I work a couple evenings a week, and I would come home from work, you know, say 6.30 at night, and Greg would be, you know, like watching a show or doing something. No dinner. I'd be sitting at the table with a fork and a knife <laughs> in one hand, just waiting, drool. Did, did you pick some dinner up on the way? Yeah, and I would be oh, like, "Oh my goodness!" Okay, like you know, we have to eat as much as I know we have to eat. So what in the world? And it kind of was beginning to heighten mm. right around when we all quarantined. Oh. And the most amazing thing happened, John. Greg began to notice, like we were thinking about food more because we were home three meals a day. So we were having three meals together. And I told him at the beginning, I think we kind of talked about what do we each need? And I said, you know what, what would help me so much is if you plan for one meal, one meal. And I'll never forget one day he came to me and he said, I never realized that you carried the pressure of feeding our family mm. all by yourself. And from now on, I don't want you to carry that pressure anymore. I'm going to take some of it. And I am not kidding you, this this guy has been on it. Wheaties three times a day. <laughs> Captain uh, Crunch? Actually, his specialty... Queso. Your, <laughs> no, your specialty is shrimp Caesar salad. Oh, that sounds really good. And it's yummy. Well... And healthy. So what you're saying is there was a little bit of that, what about mm -hmm. me? Yes. But Greg, you rose to the task? I Because I, I heard her. Because she really didn't offer it up... As a question, it was more of a demand. Like, I'm not cooking three meals a day, so <laughs> Okay, so that doesn't pick. sound quite as nice. <laughs> but it was totally appropriate. Yeah. And, and so in the course of doing that, it, it became glaringly obvious how much thought that I never really understood went into thinking about dinner. And all of a sudden, I started finding myself throughout the day going, man, do I need to take pull that meat out of the yeah. freezer? Do I need to do this? Ooh, wait, I don't have the Caesar dressing. Ah, oh, now I got it. And, and I just, it made me realize how much burden and pressure that Aaron was really carrying on her own. Yeah, and I think a lot of us as couples would admit to being kind of in the dark about what the other spouse is doing and and how much of a load they're carrying and how much I can step up to help out and just show love and appreciation. Uh, let's go ahead and hear now from a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Leslie Vernick, who is a licensed counselor. She works with couples. One of her specialties is helping resolve marital conflict and She's uh, going to address right here how to deal with our own selfishness. 
Leslie, have you ever thought as a counselor, have you ever looked at the uh, institution of marriage and how, you know, God ordained three institutions, the church, marriage, and government. And when you look at that, to me, it it captures my curiosity because God uh, talks about us being created in his image, male and female. And then we come together in one flesh. We become one. And so often, I remember Gene and I, we went to counseling, premarital counseling, and we walked in hand in hand and said, oh, we are so alike. That's why we're attracted to each other, because we are very like each other. And then by the end of that premarital counseling, walked out going, wow, we are really different from each other. Extroverted, introverted, science-oriented, playful-oriented. There were just so many differences that we learned in that two to three weeks that we went through that premarriage counseling. But marriage does something that I think God intends very purposefully. It rubs off the selfishness. It rubs off the rough edges of our earthly sin, doesn't it? Well, that's the goal. I mean, all of us are born self-centered. That's part of the fallen human condition. And so it starts in the family life where parents begin to wake up their child at some point in their between one and two and say, guess what? It's not all about you after all. Because baby, of course, thinks it's all about them. And so a child needs to learn. It's not all about you. Mommy can't meet your every need all the time. Sometimes you have to wait. You have to share. It's not all your way all the time. And that is a wonderful gift that parents can give their children to learn not to be so self-centered. But we're also self-absorbed. We're self-deceived, the Bible tells us. And so as we mature in life, even getting married, those things don't go away. They're like deep roots. You know, they, you pull them and they come right back, those self-oriented sins. And so in marriage, yes, we want our way. We want to be right. And we're with this person who's now become an obstacle to getting what we want. That's right. (laughs) Like, I I want you to meet my need. I want it to be all about me. And she's saying, I want to be all about her. Now we're clashing and fighting. And so it is that opportunity if both people are really observant and intentional, saying, wow, God's using this person to help me see some things about me. I remember when I got married. I thought I was really together, mature, I had my master's degree in counseling, like I was just going to do it right. I wasn't going to do it like my mother, which was another story of bad past. And so I was going to get this all right this time. And I remember after a couple of arguments thinking, I want a divorce. I don't really like this guy anymore. I can't believe I married him. Hmm. And I'm thinking, where did that come from? You know, it was my pride, my selfishness, my self-righteousness. And all those things began to get exposed. I didn't want to forgive him. I didn't want to let things go. You know, and I didn't really realize all that until now I can't get away from someone. Mm. You know, previously I could just break up with somebody if I didn't like them. Now I've got to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, Leslie, that's a good point. What happens in the relationship when both spouses are acting uh, poorly? Hmm. What happens typically is you blame the other person. You say, you made me do this. It's your fault. I'm acting this way. I was perfectly fine before I married you. I didn't have these problems before we got together. In fact, I was perfect before I I married you. I was perfect before I married you. So this is what I do. I have a little water bottle in my office, and it has some sediment on the bottom of it that I don't show anybody, and I just hold the bottom of it. And I say, I want you to watch what happens when I shake this water. And so I take the water bottle, make sure the top is on, and I start shaking it vigorously. And the sediment all comes on the top of the water bottle, and I say... Now, this is the trick question. Did shaking this bottle make the water dirty? And they both sit there. And they know the answer is no, but they don't exactly know where I'm going. Looking for the trick question. You know, Jesus says something very powerful in Luke. He said, it's out of the overflow of your heart, your Mm. mouth speaks. And so when your wife shakes you, what comes up out of your mouth was stuff that was always there. She didn't make you say those things. 
just as he doesn't make you do those things. It's really helping them take responsibility for, wow, something happened that I didn't like. I got shook, and it exposed something in my heart. It came out flying out of my mouth, but it exposed something. Or even if we don't say it, but we're saying it all internally, like I never said to my husband, oh, I don't think I should be married. I was just all internally. But it exposed something about what was going on inside of me. And those become tremendous opportunities for self-reflection and self-growth if we allow them to be. How does a couple take that next step then? Let's say they have that realization. Either one of the spouses is acting poorly or both. Uh, How do they get a grip on that? How do they recognize their water is a little dirty? Well, I think the first step is to be able to say, okay, if you've done something wrong, what does that do to me? I remember working with a woman, for example, her husband had a a roving eye in that he would linger a little too long watching the cheerleaders on the football channel or the Victoria's Secret commercial before switching the channel, or maybe he would maintain eye contact a little longer with somebody at church. And so it began to create this huge reaction in his wife. She was very jealous. She was very controlling. She wanted to hold the remote. And it began to reveal this huge insecurity that she had. And all men are cheaters, and all men are going to do this. And you know, her husband had to recognize that his temptations caused his wife great distress. They didn't create her insecurity. You know, so he had a part to play in that, but she had to work on her own healing. Mm. Well, what a powerful story from Leslie Vernick. And uh, Greg, what are your reactions uh, about kind of that self-check when we see ourselves becoming a little inward and and self-focused? Yeah, it's so important because, I mean, the bottom line is we're, we're all selfish and, and we're going to, to default to thinking about, well, what about me? And, and it's just good every now and then just to, just to think about, you know, how does that showing up maybe in my life, in my marriage, in my relationships? Now, the problem is that I can talk myself in and out of anything. So when I really think about me, of course, I'm not selfish. So it's, it's also important to check that out with your spouse, and that takes courage. Um, that that's a tough question. I was as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about. I'm like, am, am I really brave enough to say to Aaron, how, how does selfishness, you know, come out hmm. in our marriage? Like, what does that look like for me? Like, what what are ways that I show up maybe that are pretty selfish, self centered. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure she's got, I know, I know that, you would like. that well, that's the curse, that's the opening that we were talking about beforehand. Uh, so go ahead, Aaron, right? You know, what's funny is in our relationship, I've talked about this before, but there's this assessment that looks at that typically one person is a little bit more of a taker, like they're more assertive and they can assert what they want or what they need. And the, then typically we marry our opposite and that somebody who's a little bit um, more passive and has a harder time speaking up and is more of a pleaser. So I don't know if you can imagine who is who in our relationship, No idea. but I would definitely be the one that's a little bit more assertive with what I want and what I need. And it was a rude awakening. We took the assessment and I kind of sat with like, okay, I am the one who's more assertive, but I also have the opportunity to make sure that I'm leaving room for Greg. For him, I know it's harder for him to assert himself. Now, it's not my job to manage that for him, but I absolutely can be cognizant of that. And I think both of us are more cognizant of that now. Yeah, and that that, that assessment that she's talking about really was eye-opening mm-hmm. because it made concrete what we sort of kind of knew and 
and it was it was very interesting. One of my very favorite quotes is, what do we live for if it is not to make life less difficult for each other? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just one of those quotes, that, honestly, that, 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 that I've, I, I think about a lot. And, and I, for whatever reason, that's really become a, a motto in, in my marriage. As a husband, I am constantly thinking about, how am I making life less difficult for Aaron? And, and what that means is just looking for little ways to serve her, ways that maybe I can give something up as a sacrifice for her. And, and the more and more I thought about this quote, the more and more it just it motivates me to, to keep thinking about, yeah, how can I help make her life less difficult? And it's, it's really made a big difference. And so mm-hmm. I, I just encourage you, maybe that's one of those quotes you put on your phone, put on your notes, or tape it to your mirror in the bathroom and just keep looking at that. How am I making life less difficult for my spouse? Because it really gets down to that, that idea of serving them, sacrificing for them. Well, that's good. And I think I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to just say, how can I serve my spouse better? And then it goes on her mirror in the bathroom. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) What about me? Think about yourself and how you can serve your spouse. I'm going to be doing that as a result of this conversation. And if you want to follow up and just really uh, continue to grow in your relationship, we've got uh, just a ton of great resources here at Focus on the Family. Certainly, Leslie Vernick's uh, book is one of those, How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. We'll send a copy of that as our thank you gift for joining the support team. Make a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount. And uh, as you've been listening, you might have realized that selfishness is a problem. And if you can't quite figure out kind of a next step, give us a call. We have caring Christian counselors here and we'd be happy to set up a consultation time for you. Um, just call 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, details about donating or getting in touch with our counseling team are also in the show notes. More insights from Leslie Vernick next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <music>